Good day. This is week 45 of Weekly Finds. As always, I got a really nice potpourri of content for you that makes you smarter. This week, we got topics like improving site speak, even though you have a lot of third-party tags on your site, alternative approaches to XML sitemaps, Google search market share, and how to be not the best, but the only one. Let's jump right in. One. First article I want to present this week is a really, really in-depth look at the impact of third-party tags on site speed. So just to recapitulate, generally third-party tags are important to track visitors, do A-B testing, or for other sorts of purposes, but they also impose a heavy load on your site's performance. In this article, Andy Davis shows how to optimize third-party tags so that they have a lower load or impact on site speed. So the common advice is to defer or asynchronously load scripts. But Andy actually proposes that the first step has to be an audit with your page speed tool of choice. And by the way, um, Andy uses web page speed test. Then as a second step, you look for tags that aren't used anymore. And some of the best tool vendors or subscriptions actually return a 403 status code when the subscription expires. So you want to look for those as well. And then finally, you want to host libraries and other stylistic tags on your own servers or CDNs. So by serving them yourself, you can drop the time it takes for them to load. The key takeaway for me here was that um, you can and should actually divide third-party tags into groups that load before and after the main content and then optimize the um, critical rendering path that way. Two. The second piece this week is from Oliver Mason, who wrote about an alternative approach to XML sitemaps. And I can only recommend Oliver's blog. He has a lot of cool approaches, experiments, thoughts, definitely very different, very unique. And this one, he makes the case for smaller XML sitemaps. So he says that your XML site, so he says that XML sitemaps of up to 50,000 URLs are actually slower to parse than XML sitemaps of 10,000 URLs. So his anecdotal observation is that sites with smaller sitemaps perform better and are potentially crawled more often. He also outlines the idea of dynamic XML sitemaps that add in and remove URLs automatically based on what you want Google to crawl and based on your server log files. So basically, if you notice that Google crawled a URL through your server log files, you would then remove it from the XML sitemap. The key takeaway for me here is actually that trick with smaller sitemaps. And it apparently comes from Google News where Google specifically recommends that. So definitely something I need to try out. Three. I decided to actually take a blog article from DuckDuckGo because it fits so well in the zeitgeist and the conversations that are going on right now. So this piece is titled Google Search Mobile Market Share Likely to Drop Around 20% Through Search Preference Menus. And what basically happened is that DuckDuckGo conducted a test with 12,000 participants across three countries and gave them a menu to choose different search engines from. As you can imagine, the result is that about 20% of people would not choose Google. So if people had a choice instead of a default search engine, they might choose differently, which is really interesting, of course, in the context of the antitrust and the competitive cases right now against Google. Uh, definitely very interesting to look at. 
the key takeaway for me here is that, again, maybe there is a bit of merit to um, breaking up this exclusive deal that Apple and Google have. Some people say that Apple is already working on their own search engine. I, however, am very skeptical of that. Uh, first of all, I don't think that the next Google will look like the current Google. And second, if Apple really wanted to build their own privacy-first search engine, why don't they just buy DuckDuckGo? So very skeptical, but still, I think there is something to be said about the deal between Apple and Google. Four. And the last piece for this week is a bit more inspirational, but also has some strong marketing roots. It's called Don't Be the Best, Be the Only One, and makes a strong case that in business, it doesn't really matter whether you're first or how innovative you think you are. All that really matters is whether you make the life of your customers better or not. The article also makes the case that innovation is a matter of perception. So, you know, there's a difference between how innovative you think you are and how innovative you actually are for customers. And then lastly, there's also a question to be asked, which is what can you do that others cannot? And that's a very powerful way to differentiate and position yourself because you can really bank on your strength. Hashtag blue ocean strategy. The key takeaway for me here is actually a really cool statement that I've been thinking about a lot, which is I doubt Apple looks at itself as being in the business of building consumer products. If so, then it competes with just about everyone. I think that Apple is in the business of experience design and just so happens to make consumer products. And that's it again for this week, folks. As always, please give me a thumbs up or like or plus one or whatever you can do on the platform you listen to podcast to and tune in again next Wednesday for the next round of weekly finds. Have a good one.